Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Good news, it's never too late to have a close relationship with someone you love. That's the good news. And attachment is creating a bond with someone you love. And when you have a good attachment with the ones that you love, you can get through about any obstacle, overcome just about anything. We're going to talk about that today with Dr. Marcus Bachman. He's my guest in studio, and he's got headphone problems. Marcus, welcome. Oh, my <laughs> my head just started to work right. Oh, good. So, yes, I can hear you. Good, good so to be with you. So, it's that little silver knob you turn to the right? Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> was pushing it in, pushing it up, and okay. then I didn't yeah. realize it turned. Yeah. Well, nice to have That's you here. amazing. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, the good news is, like I said, we have, um, we never, it's never too late to have a close relationship with somebody you love, and the attachment is creating that bond with someone you love, but it's problematic along the way. Yeah, I did my uh, master's and my PhD dissertation in attachment theory and found remarkable work that was done uh, during World War II with Bowlby, um, uh, who did um, in the United Kingdom the um, belief that children that were placed in institutionalized daycare under the age of five, mm-hmm. um, if they were placed in full time, and at that point it was six days a week, 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. That study is a remarkable study to see the effects that it had on children. The absolute difficulty to show that they had much life um they were they were well taken care of they were they were you know their diapers were changed they were fed they were in a warm environment but they weren't touched they weren't uh, affirmed oh. they were not cared for in a affectionate way mm-hmm. until their parents came on sunday afternoon but it was limited to a very few hours mm-hmm. they had to work in the war uh, factories and out out uh, uh, as such and the results were those children they found had very difficulty in even um the standard sitting, walking, you know, standing. Wow. Um, they had difficulty talking. It was a remarkable concern that said, we have to give children our attention. We have to care for them. Yeah. And so the attachment theory started a great deal from, from those studies. And uh, from that time, we, we are convinced that what happens in the first few years of life mm-hmm. is essential. Boy. If we if we lose a parent, if we have a parent that is neglectful, if there is uh, a lack of uh, affirming that child, those can be effects for the rest of their life. Yeah. And marriage doesn't solve it. And even, you know, education in and of itself doesn't solve it. But there are specific ways that uh, people can be healed. Uh, but I will say first and foremost, Bill, that a person coming to me and to any therapist uh, with uh, the issue of being unattached 
it is probably the most difficult uh, diagnosis to work with mm-hmm. to heal. Yeah. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. Marcus, I, I remember having conversations as early as grade school, probably, where a friend or someone would say, you know, or my, my, dad, ne- my dad never hugs me. And I thought, that's a friend of mine, like in seventh or eighth grade, saying that. Wow. So I, I would imagine that would trace back maybe even younger. Sure. I, well, first of all, it's remarkable that that child was able to express that, to actually communicate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's remarkable. That's a good thing they're able to do that. That's it's a very awareness. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's of course a very sad story. Mm-hmm. And you think about uh, at least if they were able to express that, did they get it somewhere else for affirmation? Did they eventually find a mentor, a friend, or an uncle, an aunt? Who is able to say you are a child of God? Yeah, you you uh, you know it's not what you do, but let's not forget affirming a, a, a young person at their abilities and their gifts has value. It has importance, but then affirming them with words and saying positive remarks that can come from a lot of different sources. But if we miss it at home, if we have a negative home environment, if we have your listeners know all about this, uh, you have a number of listeners that are saying that was my home environment. I just didn't get yeah. what I needed. Yeah. And, and the, and, and the success rate is often minimum mm-hmm. for people to be able to attach later on. Uh, I'm not trying to sell business, but I've got to say that uh, that's where counseling comes in, mm-hmm. to be able to take away the layers and understand what happened, why did it happen, if we can ever figure that out, and what were the results, and how do we repair a person who has a sense of, I, I don't feel that much, mm-hmm. I don't care that much, I am not, they, they may feel negative feelings. Yeah. But they don't have a positive sense of self. If you didn't hear, I love you, how deep can that run? Would that make you feel maybe that you weren't even truly wanted? Well, you're, you're, you're asking the ultimate question of the words, I love you. We need to hear that. That is essential. Okay, what we, happens if you didn't? And if you didn't, then you question, uh, am I lovable? Yeah. Do I have a place? Do I have a purpose? Do I have, is, is there a plan that's in this uh, creation for me? And a person has to hear it multiple, multiple times. That's why I think uh, if if you're a parent, if you're a good friend, if you know, signing the word love is a good thing. Speaking the words "I love you" is even more essential. And uh, now that we live in a text world, I say let's text the words "I love you." Yeah. Over and over and over. What a remarkable injection of healing that that puts. Now, for the person that still grew up without that 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 uh, strength, without that foundation, I, I, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but it will take a lot of work mm-hmm. for that person to overcome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely a yeah. lot of I love yous. Yeah. When I hear somebody say, love you, I always think, <laughs> oh, you're so close. <laughs> you're, you're so close to getting it just right. You know, how that's much like ho- saying Merry Xmas. You right, know? <laughs> right. You were so close just to saying, I love you. It, it's true. And, you know, we have to be sensitive. Uh, you know, you know, my 
my folks grew up in the World War II era. So that whole generation had a hard time for a number of reasons. They didn't want to overindulge children. They felt like, you know, that would not be a healthy thing. And so they didn't grow up with their parents typically saying, I love you. Uh, I think somewhere along the line, the church probably failed in um, being able to communicate mm-hmm. how important that was, that it has nothing to do with the culture. It has to do with biblical value, that we are cherished and loved by God. So why wouldn't we communicate the same message that God has for us, that Jesus died on the cross, the loving message of how valuable you are? I th- I, I, I think that has, um, unfortunately, that's a generational um, cultural mistake, and I think that those that did not have parents, uh, and particularly particularly fathers who had a hard time because it's a macho thing not to say some of those words back then, mothers were they were given permission more to cradle, to cuddle, to um, and not only touch but to say affirming words. Mm-hmm. I think that there is um, some real confusion for a lot of men regarding not hearing the words. I love you from their fathers. Mm-hmm. There's a real hurt there. Yeah. Did you hear it from your dad? Not at all. Never have. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Mark. Never have. You know, I was convinced, though, that uh, he was a farmer, and he had a huge farm, and, you know, his idea was, even when he was in his 80s, uh, he was a Swiss immigrant, and he'd always call me Makus. 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 I'm going to give you the farm. And so, <laughs> I'm thinking, well, first of all, I thought, who else would you give it to? That was kind of an ego thing yeah. I had. But I real, realized, you know, that's his love language. Yeah. His love language was, Provide. this is yours. Yeah. Now, even though I disappointed him greatly because I wasn't a farmer, as you can tell, I'm a therapist. Cows don't need counseling. Just letting you know, Bill. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I know I disappointed him. But at the same time, I beyond all of his inability to express that is I, I understood who loved me and whose I belong to. Um, that was my healing process. And people can either come to the savior when they don't feel like they're loved or they have more of a ease at coming to the savior because they are loved. Mm-hmm. It works both ways. And, and for me, it was, I had nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. I had a sense that that message that Billy Graham had to say fit me. It made sense to me. I understood that I was the sinner. I knew that there was truth in what he was saying. And the Holy Spirit riveted that message to me in a way that said, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Anybody willing to share uh, what it was like for you? Did you... Did you hear those words, I love you, from both parents? Did you feel truly wanted, or did you not hear those words, and it caused um, concern, issues, problems as you grew up and became an adult? If you would be so kind to share it, you can, of course, uh, remain uh, anonymous, confidential, but text it over, 877-933-2484. Maybe we can do some time of prayer and healing towards the end. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. Right now, to get things started, we're going to uh, continue our discussion on attachment and creating a bond with those you love. And when you have a good attachment with those you love and 
you know they love you, you can pretty much overcome any obstacle there is. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Afternoons with Bill Arnold. I'm Carmen LeBurge. If you enjoy what you're listening to here, consider subscribing to other great faith radio podcasts like mine. Search Mornings with Carmen LeBurge at MyFaithRadio.com or wherever you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe. I'm back with Dr. Marcus Bachman as we continue to discuss those special words, I love you, and do you hear them? And were you able to attach when you were younger? And if you didn't attach, uh, has that created problems for you? Did, did you have uh, parents that maybe weren't uh, as physically affectionate as you would have liked? Or you didn't hear those words, and how has it affected you in later life? I'm very curious about that. And Marcus, you said in the opening segment that touches a very important part of being attached and if you're not getting that physical touch, I think, boy, that's can be a problem. Well, the, what's what's the message? The message is typical. Then, uh, am I especially if I understand that touch is a good thing, and it can be a message of real acceptance. I was um, with my grandson this last week. I try to spend one-on-one time with each of the grandkids. I mean, they're a blast when they're together, but, you know, as a 67-year-old, I have a hearing problem sometimes. <laughs> it's it too loud. Uh-huh. But I really, you know, I had little, little one of my little grandsons, and he just leaned into me. And I thought, you know, I almost wanted to kind of move away thinking, am I probably not giving him enough space? <laughs> then I realized, you know, the truth is he loves it yeah. when we lean into each other. He Sweet. just thinks, I just I just know that that is a part of his love language. It, it should be for every child. And I know that some of your listeners have not received that or not received those three words of I love you. And I, I just, um, I, am, I, am, I am always, um, it's remarkable to me when people who have not had the very basics of foundation have figured out how do they survive, how do they move through adolescence and into young adulthood, how do they end up in a relationship that works. Now, often it doesn't work because if they haven't fixed this by adulthood, they are going to either um, end up really becoming, it it becomes a torture Mm -hmm. in the relationship if someone doesn't have what they needed in childhood. I'm saying that dramatically, but it is, there's some real truth to confusion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why is my wife or husband not responding to me? Why are they going in directions that aren't fulfilling for me? Why is it that this seems like punishment? Why is it that the only way that I am showed love is through a sexual way? There is very confusing messages, especially because the first part of a young person's adult's relationship with another one um, can be so wonderful. It almost seems like this is the, you know, 
the 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 prince in shining armor. This is the guy that uh, fits all of my requirements of feeling loved. And then soon, months, if not maybe a year, year and a half, it wears off. Mm-hmm. And we're in, in for a big surprise because they didn't get... That's why I really believe that people need to study each other, understand what the relationship was with their mother and father. Did they get what they needed? We need to ask plenty of questions. We're in that stage of of um, of dating. Mm-hmm. All right, Marcus, I'm 63. I've had a hard life. Um, my 59 years of abuse from mom, she was a narcissist. Dad was a drunk, abused, abusive, and I've had three failed marriages. And is there a question in that? Sure, you want me just to respond? Well, the question that I raised was, did you have difficulties with attachments, and how has that affected you in later life? And I think... Now that's this, this is the illustration of yeah of, of that's, having that's a perfect case study yeah and and three failed marriages and the the now the question you know really Bill the question for this this person calling in is um, what what do I do now how do I how do I trust again I mean um, after three failed marriages after having that history you have almost a sense of uh, you know a stamp forehead mm-hmm. that says. There's something wrong with me. This doesn't work with life with others. I think I'll just stay home alone and not pursue. And I think actually until that person has healing, and I'm trusting that person has been open to counseling, and and I'll say this, um, uh, there are there are counselors that you just have to have a sense: is this working for me? You know, mm-hmm. you have to you have to understand: you know, yeah. is my car being fixed here or not? Right. If not, I'll go to a different mechanic. But the but the, but the reality is that Jesus does heal, and He heals from the inside out. Yeah. With our mind, with our memories, with the, with the uh, rescuing us from those things that happened that shouldn't have happened or the neglect, the simple neglect. Um, there's a boatload of, of um, effects from the narcissistic parent. There's mm-hmm. a boatload of effects from, from the, you know, alcoholic parent. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is God is in the healing business. And I think that's the best news of all. Yeah. We have to have faith we have to walk through, we have to uncover, we have to be honest about what it was like and what it felt like and, and how it affected us. And then we have to start developing with with trusted people, with mm-hmm. one trusted person. Mm-hmm. And he also said, but God kept me faithful, even though I walked in disobedience and retaliation to the harm caused by me. So. Wow, that's a wonderful testimony to remaining faithful. Yeah. Because you know that there was opportunity to not be. All right, Marcus Bachman, here's another one. My parents didn't tell me they loved me and hugs were rare, but they treated me and my sisters well. My dad was a wonderful provider and my mom was a loving stay-at-home mom. I think I attached well with both my parents. You know, that's, that's a beautiful testimony again of someone who understood in that, in that, um, those remarks, I think it should have happened somewhat differently, but I accept the fact that they still loved me. Mm-hmm. It's 
it's true. Um, you know, my dad didn't have to give me the farm, <laughs> but it Mar- was a nice thing. Marcus, yeah, Marcus, Marcus, the farm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had no one else to give it to. You have I, a receipt, a receipt for that. Maybe <laughs> I can return it. <laughs> I haven't sold it. I still kept it. I okay. don't know what I'm doing with it. Yeah. Okay, the the truth is, we we can figure this out, especially if we have a relationship with the Savior. That that we, it would be nice. Obviously, would be nice if we have had, would have had those touches, would have had those "I love yous." Mm-hmm. But we can also realize I'm loved, yeah. and my parents did love me. And rather than the story being written about "Woe is me" and I'm a victim, listen, I'm all for telling them one story and telling ones if if they've been victimized, telling that story. Mm-hmm. But there has to come a point where they say, "That's not me anymore." This is who I am, and I accept the fact that even with who doesn't have limitations, who as a parent hasn't been limited in how they love their child, who hasn't made the mistakes. I think I told my one of my daughters a week ago, I take it um, since you have said such favorable things about me that you've also forgiven me. And my daughter with, within 1.2 seconds says, oh, Dad. I forgave you a long time ago. Oh, that's so sweet. It is It is a healing thing for both of us. Yeah. yeah. Starting to choke up here a little bit. Yeah. All right. David said, my father was a man of God, but only late in life did he say, I love you. Mm. But he was part of the World War II generation. There we go. And I think me telling him, I love you, oh. helped get him starting to say it. <laughs> well, it's a wise person. Oh, yes, I, he I, is. I, I, I love that idea because you know what? If we stand waiting, if we stand with our arms down at Christmas time, at any holiday, at any time our parents come over and we just say the Norwegian way of saying goodbye, you know, just out the door with no touch. Mm-hmm. I've just offended all the Norwegians. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I will just say that person, that, that is a really wise. You talked earlier in your program about wisdom. That's a wise approach because you know what? And and we need to be prepared, by the way. The first time we say, I love you, the first time we give our parents who didn't give us hugs a hug does not mean that they're going to say, I love you too. Yeah. Or or they may stay stiff. Yeah, they but it you may know, not go well. You know, maybe the fifth or maybe the tenth. And what damage would it do? To say I love you to dad, mm-hmm. and he's not going to say okay. Yeah. That's the worst thing that could happen. When maybe on the sixth time, he'll say I love you too, mm-hmm. and then it becomes easier for him. It's remarkable what you're doing is you're giving permission to someone who has is caught in in a culture of their own, in a world of their own that they don't know how to get out of. They may think that they have communicated, but once they have been told by their own son or daughter, I love you, I, I put that as a challenge out to our, to our uh, listeners. Mm-hmm. We're talking about attachment today and how powerful words are. And if you were in a situation uh, where you had trouble attaching, maybe because you didn't hear the words, I love you, maybe there was not that affectionate touch and hugs that you craved, um, how you navigated life and how you are today as an adult having not had that. And if you want to tell us your story, please do. We'd love to uh, share what God is doing in your life and how you may need help or prayer or whatever. Send your uh, 
story over to 877-933-2484. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. He is the president and founder of CounselingCare.us. We'll be right back. My guest is Dr. Marcus Bachman, and we're talking today about attachment. Attachment happens at a pretty young age, and if it doesn't happen, and if the words aren't said and the hugs aren't there, and that can be problematic. And we're starting to see this a little bit, Marcus, with <clears throat> some uh, texts that are coming in. How about this one? Uh, no, did not hear it growing up. My father passed away when I was young, mm. so I had a hard time connecting with my Heavenly Father. Mm, that is, and then when classic. I became an adult, I started to share it with my mom, and now my mom is gone. But I do make sure I tell my siblings that I love them, and they are not followers of Christ. Oh well, again, uh, a listener that is um, intentional. Oh, that's so awesome, and and recognizes, ouch, that hurt, and is honest about it. I appreciate that very much, and I think uh, you know the the. Uh, intentionality of saying it to your siblings, saying it to others. We we don't have to limit limit it to just our 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 nucleus family because mm-hmm. sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, depending on who they are and what their experiences have been. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important um, to find some other people, a good friend. Uh, in the case of you know a lot of, a lot of men in in relationships have a hard time saying I love you, and I have discovered that is an important aspect of our relationship. Women seem to you know they they don't have as as dif- much difficulty with this. Part of that is their their again their um, sense of uh, caretaking and and you know. Uh, the cuddling and the whole sense of mm-hmm. the emotional strengths that they have. But I I really appreciate this listener saying, I'm practicing. Uh, didn't get it. Uh, wasn't the way I was supposed to have. But you, you, could just, you can just hear it that this is not a person that's stuck. This is not a person that's that so true. isn't willing to, to move ahead. And uh, that's God's word is all about uh, understanding oneself. And understanding what the Heavenly Father has done for us and it does for us. And so we have a tremendous foundation then uh, to be about God's business. Mm -hmm. Marcus, this is a hard one to read, but I I don't ever remember my parents saying that they loved us or gave us hugs. We were never affectionate, abusive dad, and we eventually ended up in an orphanage. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's a there's another case study there, isn't there? You know, I I, I often wonder about. Um, I was always a curious kid, so I asked a lot of questions. Um, sometimes maybe inappropriate questions, but I think 
I, I would I would ask my parents eventually. You know, I never see you. I never um, sh- uh, see you showing the affection. I never hear you saying words like "I love you." It 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 was a very helpful conversation in my case to ask. Um, my father refused to have those kind of conversations. That was that was difficult, um, but my mother was willing. And I can only tell you, as a adolescent and a young adult, as I asked some of those questions, and and there's no question, my mother said how how sad and difficult it was. But at least I had a sense of we could talk about it. Mm-hmm. That was healing for me, Bill. That was that was important to be able to talk to somebody else and maybe it will never be our parent and especially if you know it's as drastic as going to an orphanage but i i would i would venture to say there are other orphans that would have similar stories mm-hmm. and how valuable that is uh that's why support groups are so essential people identify we come from the same fabric of experiences and i think that is healing uh, especially w- for those that have found um, the saving um, knowledge of Christ, the love of Christ, and and those that can identify. I, I, and they may be very on, honest and say, I still struggle with it. I still wonder about my own Heavenly Father's love. And others will say, I do too, but I have I have moments and I have times and this is the way when I seek after him and and settle the noise from the outside world and I and I have a quiet time with him and I listen, I sense even if I'm listening to uh, worship music, there are different ways that we can encourage each other from those that come from the same fabric of not having that which we should have had. And by the way, Bill, I think it's really important to understand that that's not God's plan. That's not his design. Mm-hmm. You know, marriage is between a man and a woman. Marriage is where husbands and wives, they have a submission toward each other in a loving way that really creates security and safety for the children. God's way is a loving way in a family. Mm-hmm. And and the more we talk about what we didn't have and what we what we need and what ways we can pursue that with a loving father, that I think is a supportive environment that has real value, intentionality for us to move ahead. Mm-hmm. Marcus Bachman is my guest as we're talking about attachment and words and affection and was it something you received or didn't receive and do you think it's affected you later in life and how has it manifested itself in your in your world now marcus this is a question you may not be able to answer but you said you did not hear the words i love you from your dad did your mom hear those words from your dad no no um to the best of my knowledge when i asked her about it it was um you know and she explained it as a generational thing of yeah. of of the world war 2 um and my dad being in the army and you know he he had a he had a farm to take care of and that was his goal and you know i learned a great deal about hard work which i appreciate mm-hmm. but um no she was not um uh, and 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 like I said, she was um, able to express how she missed that and how she longed for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there were um, uh, there were times I'm sure that uh, it was uh, 
from a, um, a, uh, a parent, parents that came from Europe, from Switzerland, and landed in Wisconsin and knew nobody. Um, you know, there is a real need uh, for support. And uh, it was, without a doubt, there was very str- rough years mm-hmm. of, of not having a good marriage and uh, not having an attachment with each other. And But eventually, 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 um, they, they had some healing. And uh, it was one of the brightest spots in my life to see them dance again together. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, Marcus, the, the comment about my parents, that they didn't say, I love you, or gave us hugs, and I ended up in an orphanage, that one. I got another part two comment, and that is this. In a way, I understand they were not educated, very poor. I'm the first one in the family with a college education. I have two kids now, and I try hard to be affectionate with them. I have trouble with it, but I make it my goal to hug and love on them and to tell them I love them. Oh, look at that. Listen to that honesty. I appreciate, you know, it's, and for, for a lot of us, it almost seems like, well, why would that be a tough job with your own kids mm-hmm. to, to touch, to hug, to say I love you? And if you didn't get it growing up, it just isn't like the back of your hand knowing what to do. It's a, it's a, it's a whole new way of relating, of communicating, of expressing. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that many people think, well, this should be easy. This should be just <laughs> so common sense, doesn't it mm-hmm. seem like that? No, no. But again and again, um, I'm a strong believer, um, just briefly mentioned about, you know, worship, um, worship music and the the reflection that often the hymns and the songs that we can sing and listen to um, reflect God's love for us. That gives us more and more freedom to have a natural ability. And and if there is a couple that uh, has difficulty with this, um, this is where I'll, I can quickly put on a behavioral cap of a behavioral therapist. And Bill, if something is practiced for 30, 40 days, I love you. Now, I don't like the idea of it just being spoken without feelings. That's that's that. This is where this gets gimmicky. Mm-hmm. But the fact that if people start saying it, and then introducing more and more of a of a emotion behind it, and then understanding it from a depth of God's love, the behavioral approach does have some real impact on changing a couple's life to be able to say that to each other or to their children. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's an automatic thing in some ways, but then it becomes not so rote and <laughs> like uh like uh just saying love you. Uh we can improve on that. Mm-hmm. We can do better than that. Mm-hmm. We can express ourselves in ways um, that the unexpected sometimes needs to take place of our deliverance of I love you. Yeah. Communicating in a way mm-hmm. that has, how do I say this in a way that has more meaning? How do I, how do I make this um, come across in a way that uh, is just not, um, just a, a a behavioral approach. It's increasing vulnerability, I think. Yeah, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And and I will say that 
typically uh, uh, it's women who have more of a willingness, not always, Mm -hmm. but more of a willingness to receive uh, vulnerability from a man. They may be surprised because the, the, the way that they've communicated has been old hat. And it, it has not moved from one decibel from love you uh, to <laughs> I love you. And whatever way they can say that, express that, eyes to eyes, beautiful. Often you'll see the unattached person have great deal of difficulty looking at your eyes. Mm. And that person may have to say, look at my eyes. Well. And now listen to what I have to say. And I love you. Wow. Even that, slowing Mm -hmm. it down, even that with eye contact, even of that listen to me, Mm -hmm. saying it with a a different tone. Bill, there is healing that comes from that. Oh, I think you've probably healed some people today who are just listening Mm. and they heard those words Mm. delivered sincerely in a slow tone. Yeah. Those are powerful words. Yeah, they are. You know. And 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 aren't they biblical? Yes, they are. Oh, <laughs> that's the beauty of oh, this. Yeah. That's the beauty of this. Love one another. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if we have the love of Christ, think of the love that we can give uh to I, I, I listen, I I keep coming back to this listener who has decided even though it's not always the most comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love this one, too, um, that we are um, – I think we're going to take a break when oh. we come back because I got some other very interesting uh, comments that have come in. And if you've got a story to tell, and maybe you didn't hear the words or maybe you did, and it mm-hmm. really has changed your life in a significant way. you would be willing to share a comment or two. I'd love to hear from you, 877-933-2484. My guest is Dr. Marcus Bachman. He is the founder and president of Counseling Care dot us counseling care dot us be right back faith radio and afternoons with bill podcasts are available because of listener support if you are a supporter thank you so much becoming a supporter today by visiting myfaithradio.com Welcome back to the show. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. Those words, I love you, why do they melt you, Marcus? Why do they just melt? I appreciate that that question. I think because, well, first of all, there it's it's the most intimate expression. Um it it does not invoke um pain, it invokes everything that's right. And if I say that I love you, there's so much behind that. Obviously, the way you say it, the meaning behind it for you, for what you intend it to be, I think means a tremendous amount. Because like we said before, a person can quickly say those words just to get over with, and it doesn't mean that much. But it's when it's melt, meant and given from the heart, Bill, I, I think that people um, know that. They receive that. Um, uh, most of the time, mm-hmm. and 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 I think that um, this intimacy is what we long for. It's the fullness of acceptance. It's the sense that 
you really do look beyond um, my sin, my faults, my limitations. You have an acceptance toward me like Christ does for me when he loves me. And it's a, it's a, it's a depth that I think um, means a world of difference when we hear those, those um, affirming words. Mm-hmm. All right, Marcus, here's another one. I, I was afraid to tell my dad I loved him because I thought he would think I was stupid. I was five. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was the child of depression, World, world War II vet, and yes, Norwegian. But lots of love. You, I love yous from my mom, though. Yeah. Isn't that so. important to hear? You, you know you need one person? <laughs> one person. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you survive quite well. Uh, but what, what an understanding of, as a five-year-old, to know uh, somehow my mom will say I love you, but my dad doesn't say I love you. And how would I be able to, as a five-year-old, be able to say that? I identify with that. I had some of those same thoughts, and I think it's it's very you know first of all you're you're very perceptive as a person to even say that to understand that and to realize that at the time and um and and yet we need to be really careful that obviously because it was not spoken to him by his father, it would put him in a very awkward place to be the one to first say I love you. That is totally understandable. No judgment involved in the difficulty as a five-year-old because it's it's upside down. Mm-hmm. All right, Marcus. I don't remember growing up with I love yous and very many hugs from my parents, but I knew they loved us by working hard, providing for us, and taking care of us, and that's how they told us they loved us. I'm 71. Once I became a mom, my mom wrote letters and signed it, love or loads of love. I really don't remember hearing those words amongst family and friends back then like we do now. My siblings and I have all had long-standing marriages. Thanks be to God, faith matters. Wow. Well, I get a case study. It's a, it's a, a reflection on the culture at the time. And um, the mother uh, was given permission finally in her way of writing loads of love and love uh, was was written. So that 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 was a change right there. Uh, but there was, you know, there was probably uh, even though there was not a the words given, there was an understanding somehow with a feeling base, probably, that they were cared for, that they were important, that, you know, there's a lot of ways, obviously, that love can be expressed. If in the home, that person, that child is respected, is honored, Mm -hmm. is given a place of having, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a place for their opinions and their feelings, uh, that's another way of saying you matter, Mm -hmm. that you're important, that I love you, Without saying I love you. Now, to me, that's kind of corny because if you're going to say I'll do all the rest, why don't you just say I love you? But mm-hmm. that's a, that's that's actually a, a good example of someone who knew it and the success, if we can say that. I have to be careful because it always takes two in a marriage. Uh, the success of all the siblings having good marriages and lasting marriages that's a that's a wonderful reflection uh and and I'm very 
you know, we rejoice with that testimony of someone who uh, did very well in that family without the words of I love you. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and remember, that doesn't give an excuse for that person. There is no, no comment given about how they've given their, their own words then to their own children if they had children mm-hmm. and to others of I love you. Yeah. Hopefully that was done. Yeah. Marcus, was your father, did he show signs of physical affection to your mother in front of you? No, no, mm. no, not at all. Uh-uh, uh-uh. What about like when you had to do the the family picture and kind of put arms around each other and pretend like you like <laughs> each other? Did you? Was that awkward? We never had a family picture. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serious? Uh, yeah, I know. Well, there's one picture when we were on a uh, uh, a trip. We took a trip to Canada, and but everyone was on rocks <laughs> on the backdrop. It's perfect. It's kind of like let's see, let's play out dysfunction in the family picture. And yeah. So every person was on a different rock. There was no closeness. Oh wow! <laughs> but you know, anyway, probably too much information. So. No, I, I, I was just curious. <laughs> um, because you know, it, you it's know, kind of a big deal. I, I, I'm serious when I say you need one person. And and you know you know how sad the story is when you when you in a situation where you don't have both parents that are unable to do their job, and I and I mean that there's a job to do, and it's a it's a loving job, but there's a job to do. You need an uncle, you need a mentor, you need a teacher, you need someone, you need a youth pastor, you need someone to walk alongside of you and say you matter, you're important. Yeah, and what. A ministry we have. Mm-hmm. I I I think there's boatloads of people that will say another individual outside of my parents, particularly outside of you know when there's been um, a missing parent or a parent that has been um, abusive. Mm-hmm. There there there's boatloads of stories of the healing process that has happened in a child's life because that child was important to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. You can learn more about him at counselingcare.us. Here's one, Marcus. I was the youngest of six kids. Our folks always told us they loved us. Probably our mom more, more so. Yeah. And we kids all agree that the fact mom and dad truly loved each other was the greatest gift they gave us. Oh. I'm just... I'm... These are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> you got great listeners. Oh, my. I've said that for a long time. Yeah. And it, it is a foundation. I mean, you talk about the gift of exhibiting, of, of, of developing for someone a sense, I'm secure. My, my mom and dad, they love each other, and they love me. And... I I know how this works. I know how in the next generation, the legacy that's left from before, that I can continue this. I mean, we're talking very simple, basic, but absolutely life-changing um, uh, foundational stuff here today. I, I just appreciate the understanding of how the principle of God's love, the principle of love in a family, of love in a marriage, and then expressing that to our children. And for those of us that have grandchildren or great-grandchildren, we get that opportunity. And there's lots of others that we have and can do this for. Mm-hmm. 
And when the Bible tells us to love one another, that's not necessarily the the emotional feel good feelings as much as it is it's it's the action, it's the thoughts, and the and the what we do towards that person. Yeah, it's the real deal, Bill. Yeah, it's say, the real deal. Say more about that, Marcus. I I am um, very mindful that um, there are people in this world that. Um, can quickly say um, it's it's like a politician. There's they can be saying a lot of words, even a lot of right words, and and I'm not minimizing the fact, like I said before, um, the words "I love you," even spoken quickly and done for thirty days or sixty days, has a behavioral. Eventually, can move to an emotional, and can become the real deal. But I think it's up to us to. Um, do an inventory, a sense of, am I giving the message of the real deal? I wake up, Bill, thinking, how today can I encourage someone? How can I exhibit love for another person? And I, I don't know how else to say this, but God answers those prayers by reminding us, who can we text? Who can we call? Who can we be thoughtful of giving the real deal of I love you? This, to me, that is the, 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 the beauty and the depth of what life is about. Mm-hmm. And Christ, God's word, is instructing us to do that. Yeah. Who can we notice? Yes. Who can we notice? Who can we notice? That's right. That's right. There are so, so, so many people that are unnoticed. and They're starving. They are. For a little bit of... Attention. Yes, yes. And I, I have to say, I get on my own agenda in the middle of the day. Yeah. And I have to remind myself, Lord, that prayer that I asked for this morning, help me out with that again. Yeah, amen. Who can, who can I notice? Who can I love today? Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Marcus, thank you. As always, great to have you here. Hey. Yeah. Thank you. Good to be with you. Dr. Marcus Bachman has been my guest. You can learn more about him at counselingcare.us. We talked about love today. Who doesn't like that topic? If you missed any of today's show, go to the podcast, check it out from the beginning, and have a wonderful, wonderful night. I've loved being with you. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.